0: Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Good, morning. Good morning. I am so pleased to be with you this morning. Uh, pray for me. As excited as I am um, the sharing this morning I um, well, it's going to be emotional. For me. Jesus said in the gospel of John, chapter 16, he says, uh, in this world, you will have trouble. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh, boy, Jim, sounds like a good message. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a chance. <clears throat> he says, take heart. Take heart. For I have overcome the world. Oh. I'm glad he followed up with that statement. I'm so glad he followed up with that. So it gives us hope, doesn't it? We know that there's one that is sovereign and in control and he's sovereign over all of our troubles and that he's victorious over all of them. So if I was to ask the question, is there anybody here that does not have troubles? Don't raise your hand if, Because what I would do is probably call you out and say, you are in denial. (laughs) Or I would say that for myself if I was to claim, hey, it's all good. It's all good. I'm fine. No problems. No troubles here. Hogwash. I would be living in denial. See, there's always something going on that I have lost control over or you've lost control over. And it becomes problematic in our life. And in fact, we do have troubles, but I don't have to live there and I can take heart because I know one who's beside me and is present who can, who is the overcomer and help me become an overcomer, amen? So this morning, we're going to be looking at a Psalm, Psalm 77, and I've entitled it What? Thank you. I've entitled it... Let me look. (laughs) I've entitled it First Response. What is your first response? Is it 911? What is your 911? When you find yourself in trouble, when you are... Being attacked from wherever, when life is not working the way you intended it to work, when you feel like there's a brick wall and people are just handing you more bricks to stack up on it, and you keep running into it, and the head hurts from that. The question is that I would have you pose to yourself these questions, not just a question. Um, where do you go first to get help, to find relief? Who do you go to first to get help or to find relief? What place is there for you to find refuge and assistance? Just think about it. Just Who, what, when, where? Do you go to address the troubles in your life? And I won't get off on all the different types of troubles that we are experiencing here at OB Joyful individually. Or you're experiencing back home, and you wish you could have left them there, but you brought them here to Crested Butte if you're visiting but you're looking to get away from them a little bit and have some rest and reprieve from that trouble. Well, hopefully today, the Psalm 77 and the writer whose name is Asaph, and I might slip a few times and call him Asap, (laughs) but it's Asaph, and he is a choir master, and he uh, wrote some of the psalms. And I wish he was here today that, that he could present his song, his psalm, to us from his voice and from his troubles and the heart that was behind the writing of Psalm 77. He wrote numerous psalms, by the way. And he was uh, one who was um, brought into service by King David. And you can go to First Chronicles chapter 25 and you can see where King David took from him and a couple of his other Levite um, clan members and took from them, um, who were all musicians of this particular uh, clan of the Levites, and appointed them into some temple service uh, to play the harp, the guitar, the drums, <laughs> cymbals, whatever it was that they had in making melodies through instruments. They were in charge of that and the singing of the Psalms. And he wrote this one, Psalm 77, and he wrote it from life experience, which is great. Back to the questions I posed to you. Um, we all have some common responses, don't we, to, to emergencies or the troubles in our lives or hard times or whatsoever's going on that we kind of feel out of control. in. And the first one is, ding, 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 911. And that's a call out to who? the first responders, we would call them, or the, or the professionals. Those are the professionals that we call to, 911. Mm, some of us, when we, with some particular troubles, we will go to, um, not out there, but we just kind of go right here in our presence of troubles, and we begin to bemoan and complain and breathe heavy and sigh and we're caught up just in the emotional heaviness of it, and we begin to express that. And we might put our head in our hands and go, oh, "Lord, what am we going to do?" And we begin to moan the experience. Some of us, at times, will go outward, and we'll begin. Nine one one wasn't the first. We were looking for the professionals. We were looking for the family and the friends or the acquaintances that we knew who could help us in our particular circumstances. Or finally, we may go inward. And we may try to go deep. Okay, I got this. I can fix this. And we reach down to to pull those boots up in the midst of trouble. And we're going to do this, and we're going to wade through it. And we're going to figure this out, by golly. Or... We simply go into deep despair and paralysis. Anybody been there? That's a hard place to be. That's a dark place in facing our troubles and our heartaches. Good news coming. Good news coming. The text this morning takes us to um, the reality of troubles in our lives and the processing of, of those troubles. And ASAP first, I told you I would do that. He, he, his 911, who was all of the things that I talked about, was going to God first. Notice that I made the list And God was not among the first to reach out to. In fact, God was not even in that list. Isn't that interesting that when we are so down and out and troubled that often, not all the time, but often God shows up last. When we've tried everything else to take care of the problem, we finally give up and go, okay, God, I guess you're next. Maybe I'm just talking to myself here, and that's what I have done. But people that I've (coughs) visited with over the years have found them to do some of the same things. In fact, they've come into my office when I was pastoring and counseling, and we would go through all the troubles, and they would tell me all the things that they have done so far. And I would say, well, have you talked to God about this? Whoa, what an idea. many people automatically go there. I'm going to encourage you, challenge you, that there's only one 911 number that you need to have, and that's knocking on heaven's door. And not only should be the first response to your troubles, it should be the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the beginning and the end, addressing our problems in life, begins with God and ends with God. Is there an amen to that? Amen. You don't have to be a Baptist to say amen. <laughs> so let's read it. Move on. Wonderful text. You can follow either in your bulletin or up on this overhead or listen as I stumble through it. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and And he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. He will hold my eyelids open. and I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at the end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? has he in anger shut up his compassions? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the ears of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord and I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. Oh, what God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. And when the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. And the crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints are unseen. You led your people like a flock. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Father, your word that you've spoken and you have for your people today to minister to them, to encourage them and strengthen them and to bring comfort to them. I pray you do so, apart from anything that I say, Amen. So the passage uh, that we just read, oh man, it's it is so human. It's so such a human response and expression. It's so like me, us. It's broken into three or four categories or sections that you can look at. The, the first being verses one through three, then. Uh, four through nine, and then at for verse 10 down to the last verse, um, there's this great exposition of who God is and what he has done, his great deeds, and they're all for a purpose. And so if you notice in the first section, in these first three verses, um, you know, he didn't mess around in getting, trying to get God's attention, did he? He was quite vocal, and this is a critical point in, in dealing with our troubles: is is voicing and becoming vocal about them. Sometimes we want to we want to guard them and keep them secret and hide them because they're they're shaming or they or we feel guilty or something that keeps us from actually vocalizing the problem of our lives, the problems of our lives, and getting the help that we need. But not Asaph; <laughs> he he screamed. I mean, I, I get this picture of him screaming. Crying out to you, Lord. Back in er, 1975, it was, I was just heading over to Denver to take a real estate exam. And I was driving over Monarch Pass. And just for a few seconds, I took my eyes off of the road and was looking at the rock formation to my left. It was a beautiful day like this, Bluebird Day in July. And all of a sudden... I heard my right tire hit gravel. And when I looked over, that right tire proceeded to go over the edge where there was no guardrail. And I started traversing the hillside and Monarch I and I realized I was dead meat, so to speak. And I cried out to God. And people, I wasn't even a believer then in, in uh, following Christ but I knew there was a God. I knew there was something greater than myself. And I screamed. God, no. Two words. But I screamed him at the top of my lungs. Have you ever screamed to God? Oh, it's really catharsic. <laughs> Not at that moment, but at other times when I've screamed. <laughs> Nothing was catharsic then. So, I'll let go of the rest of the story. I'm here. That's all you need to know. <laughs> terrible accident, but there in my deepest need I went someplace I dialed 911 and he will hear me, my God heard me, even in my being furthest away from him he heard me consider it, screaming for the Lord, crying out in the depth of your soul asking for his help in the day of his trouble I seek the Lord in the night my hand is stretched out without wearying. my soul refuses to be comforted hmm, interesting processing how many times we've ever been in a tough place and we cry out and God begins to minister but no, 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 no That's not what's working right now, God. What you're providing isn't the comfort I want or need right now. And we refuse to be comforted. He was intent. Asaph was intent in finding some answers to his troubles. And he was going all out to do it. But it was a roller coaster ride for Asaph. It wasn't just a cry and an answer. So he had to work at finding God and seeking God in his troubles. And you see here, he had to struggle with himself. He, he had to deal with his own internal conflict of faith and the contradictions of his own feelings and thinkings towards his God. To be able to cry out to him like that and, and then to be refused to be comforted, you know, that's seemingly like a contradiction of terms. And that's how we are when we are troubled To the quick. When we're hurting and the pain is intense, we get confused. There are studies that say when the emotional content of a situation rises within a person, the rational, logical thinking decreases. And husband and wives, you know that when you fight with one another. (laughs) It is what it is. And it is confusing. And therefore, it takes great perseverance in our troubles and hardships and times to press in and to press through To our God because he's a great and mighty God. And sometimes he waits to respond. He has that sovereign right. And so when at first we don't succeed, we must press in and and try and try and try and try and try and try again. And that we would never give up. That we'd never roll over. That we would knock on heaven's door until it opens. And so Asaph persevered. He tried different things. He says, when I remembered God, thinking, oh, you would think, if I remember who God is, you might get excited and be hopeful. But he doesn't. He moans. He says, I remembered God. And I, was that a moan of, I'm not sure. Doesn't describe it. But he does say, when I meditate, so he's thinking about God, he's meditating on God, and he doesn't get boosted at this point, his spirit (sighs) faints. The guy is so human. He's telling it the way we are. It's so real. See, there's nothing we are going through today. You know, this evolution thing, at least about the human nature, hogwash. Here's two thousand. Thousands of years ago. Can you identify with him? What's changed here? Human nature? Not much. So he, he's on, he, he takes this plunge. He cries out and maybe he was lifted up for the moment. He considers things about God and meditates on it. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, well, why was his spirit fainting on such a course? He doesn't say. He goes on, you, my my... Verses 4 to 9, he continues on his roller coaster. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled. I can't speak. So he moves moves from this place of just vocalizing those troubles and getting them out on the table before God. And that was a good thing. But then God's response wasn't immediate there. So where does he go next? Was he falling into despair? And was like, what can I say? What else is there? sighs and becomes speechless been there done that been there done that Hmm. and then he goes he says i consider the days of old the years long ago i said get this let me remember my song in the night let me meditate in my heart so he reaches back in his past and he tries to draw upon something that was good in his life those songs that he sang that were uplifting maybe, the songs that gave him hope, the songs about God, and he he went back and he he remembered singing about those during the night, thinking that in them, in his past, he would find something that would begin to lift him out of his troubles. Huh? didn't work. Didn't work. Begins to go up, thinking there might be some. Something to come that's good, and then he goes back down and says, Huh. Ah. And out of that, he, he gets convicted, convinced something's going on in his Zay- life because he decided at that point, and this really he, he says, Then I decided to make a diligent search. Pick that as a diligent search. And I correlated that when I was reading that. It was correlated right away to Hebrews um, 11, verse 6, somewhere in there. Is that there? Yeah, there it is. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For who comes to God, who cries out to God, who takes his troubles to God, I would add, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of who? Those who earnestly, diligently, persistently, continuously press in. He, he said, okay, this isn't working. i got to get real serious here. i got to get diligent. i got to be real earnest about my pursuit of finding the God of my healing, the God who is victorious over my troubles, the God that is present and there. And so he does. And he goes, there he goes to a weird place. And he goes to a place of questioning. And he, he asks these questions Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at the end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? I mean, we go there. We begin to ask questions out of our flesh and out of our hurt, out of our pain. We begin to ask those hard questions. But really, those are questions that are simply from our emotional thinking. And I'm going to stop here and just do this bracket of what I call emotional thinking. And there's, I, would, I, I think there's two types of, of thought processing. One comes out of our rational left brain patterns, and the other comes out of our right side and Maybe that's true or not scientifically. I, I can't say for sure, but but I f- personally find, for me, that there's times when I just a lot of what I think comes out of my emotions. If my emotions are good, Jim's thinking well, <laughs> and if my emotions are bad, Jim's thinking badly. And I think I I found that to be common in a lot of a lot of people. So there must be some emotional thinking or thinking that comes out of emotions. And there's thinking that, coming, that comes out as to what is true, whatever is right, whatever is notable. noble. Truth thinking, maybe you call it. And I think these questions come up out of our emotional side and bring these things. But they're all rhetorical questions if you're a person of faith to begin with and you're crying out to God. This is Asaph. The guy guy was a Levite. The guy was trained up in the Lord and all the stories of the Lord and all the workings of God, and he knew them all. Why in the world would you even ask such questions unless you're in so much pain that that pain drives you to question? And the questioning is not wrong. It's just where does the questions take you when you raise them up in your heart and your mind? (laughs) And I'm going to say the greater the pain and the suffering in our lives and the troubles that we have, okay, the more emotional thinking takes place that can then either drive us closer or further away from the truth. Do you hear that? Can either take us closer or further away from the truth. And I believe Asaph was creating the questions so that he can then conclude the matter with the following t- 10 verses because then he remembers. And he goes through a litany. He goes through a litany of who God is, his character, and what he has done with his people, people of Israel. Ah. And he did this earnestly. And he did this in two ways. Down to verse, go to verse 10, if we can pull verse 10 up there, or that section he says, then I, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the ears of the right hand of the Most High, and I will remember. Okay, we put these two words kind of in your mind as you go out today. Uh, appeal, appeal and remember. Appeal and remember. And he says, I appeal to the right hand of God. And I, when I, again, the first thing that came to my mind is, well, the right hand of God, right hand, that's the power of God. Usually that's an expression throughout the Old Testament when the right hand of God is involved. It, it's power, it's strength, it's God's action, it's God's doing. It's, it's a lot of God coming out. And in the New Testament, and on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. From whence he come to judge the quick and the dead? The right hand. And I thought, there. Oh, this is. Oh, I appeal. I appeal to that power of God. I appeal to the character of God. I appeal to the God who can heal me, who can have me take heart because He has overcome the world. Asaph is beginning to nail it now. He's running towards his God. Hmm. And he goes through his appeals, laying it out, crying out to his God, knowing who he is and the power of his right hand. And then he ponders and remembers, he remembers all that God has done, the miracles, the power, the parting of the sea where no footprint was left, God's footprint, but his people went through on dry land. He remembered those things that he was taught in his youth. He remembered the things that he experienced as a minister within the temple. The glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory. He remembered that God, and this is the last verse, that God most often brings a response the 911 response to your troubles through other people. Through other people. Because look at the last verse. You led your people like a flock. Who did that? God was doing that. By, how was he going to do it? By the hand of Moses and Aaron. Put up there Second Corinthians chapter 1, if you would. Verses 3 through something. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that, read this with me, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Ah, for such as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance. He, You, today, are the people of God and those who seek him out that God wants to use to minister to one another in one another's troubles and hurts. And maybe this side of the congregation has one set of problems and you got the answers because God's giving them to you. He's giving you the wisdom, the strength. You're the doctor. You're the nurse. You're the psychologist. You're the gifted one by which you can minister to these people. Or maybe you're the trouble group and you're the chosen ones. You're the ones that are gifted, chosen by God to touch your neighbor, your spouse, your children. Would you dare to believe yourself to be that? The scriptures seem to indicate that, yes, it's how God often functions. And there is somebody, as you dial 911 to heaven, that God's going to produce in the flesh. Someone for you to be ministered to by his grace, by his mercies, by his power. Where do you go first? Who do you go to first? What are you expecting on the end of your 911 call? I hope it's your Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I hope, like F. let it all out. Give it all you got. It's not going to be an easy road. The road is narrow and it's hard in seeking and being earnest to find God's answer to your troubles. But they're there. They're there. If you have to wait, they will give you strength to press on and to stir yourself onto more of him and less of you. Psalm 73, another psalm of Asaph. He writes this few verses, I think in verse 20 something, 3. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, troubled guy. Then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Sounds familiar. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand and with your counsel. You will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Is there another verse? Yes. Whom have I in heaven? Whom have I to really find solution to my troubles? The professionals, the family and friends, maybe God might use them, but if I go to them first, it's not likely they'll be the ones. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we all have right here uh, a very slumber thing going on in our relationship with you, just as Asaph had and struggled with. As he confronted the realities of the word of Jesus in this world, you'll have troubles. And taking heart, and in the depth of his heart, as he diligently made search of you, he found you, and his soul was lifted and hope was given to him. And he endured until the end. Just as your son did through the suffering. And became the completeness of our troubles. The answer to them. The hope in them. And Father, I pray over these people today. That you would put the spirit of hope in them. Of your love, your grace, and your mercy. That you would give them a diligent heart and an earnest heart to seek you out to make search of you and your ways to remember you, to appeal to you and to remember exactly who you are and what you have done and therefore have great hope as to what you can do bless them as they go heal them in their pain and their sorrows Mm -hmm. draw them unto yourself through the words of Christ come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden Learn of me and I'll give you rest for your soul. Thank you, Father, and we'll trust you to take your word and to do its work. It will not return void. It will minister according to your goodwill. In Christ's name we pray.